0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour... You'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. So, you're going through life making choices all day, every day. But have you ever tried to discover all the myriad what-ifs plaguing the backroom brain committee meetings in your head? Well, today, author Betsy Thompson is here to help us both discover and come to terms with some of these what-ifs. Betsy's the author of the recently released What Happens If, as well as Walking Through Illusion, The Mirror Theory, Love Parent, Love Human, and You Are What You Think, So Make Your Thoughts Delicious. Betsy's interesting twist on how life works forces us to ask and answer such questions as, what do I do if I do what I love, but the money doesn't come? She does this in order to help us make our actions and reactions work for, for us instead of against us. The search for truth means sometimes asking the hard questions. So today we're going to ask and see if we can come to terms with some of those what-ifs. And we're also going to announce Oprah's next Super Soul Sunday uh, special encore presentation of her interview with Gary Zukav coming up this Sunday. So um, along with that, we'll be talking with Betsy about that. Betsy, welcome to The Authentic Living Show.
3: Thank you, Andrea. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me back. Oh, I love
2: it. Um, I really liked your book. I, I really like the whole concept of what if, because we're we're constantly doing that. Aren't we always asking ourselves inside our heads that self-talk? Well, what if, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. But we never really stop to really be conscious of that. I think of your book a little bit like that uh, advice that you hear from uh, union psychoanalysts that say, if somebody's chasing you in your dream, turn around and look at them and talk to them.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, and well, that's how the book got formed. I was, having a, I was in a situation where um, I, had, uh, I, I believed in the mirror theory or action-reaction that whatever we uh, put out there comes back to us, but I was having trouble admitting what I must have given to explain what I had received. And so I realized at that time that, that this is what we all struggle with. We have unpleasant things happen in our lives, and we don't know why. And we, we, well, our first tendency is to blame others. You know, it's their fault. It's their fault. And um, I, this was really a book about trying to empower others to to understand that we are the ones who create our own emotional uh, lives, and um, we are the ones who determine the kind of people we attract into our lives by the by what we are expressing out towards others and so I tried to think of every what if I could possibly come up with that I might have had uh, in the past or in the present or that other people might have and and so then I came up with these thirty three what ifs and, and even after writing this book andrea i 've had people suggesting more what ifs to me
2: <laughs> I bet. I yeah. bet. I because there, there's a million of them running around in our head all day long. we yeah. what if this happens? And and I think there's a that, you know, some uh, Eckhart Tolle calls it the little me. I call it the identity. Other people call it the ego. Whatever. It, it the the idea is that there's a part of us that's kind of always trying to strategize around those what ifs but we're never really paying much attention to either the what if or our strategies we're just doing it sort of unconsciously
3: yeah i think in the in the book i sort of play the devil's advocate and i and i ask the question and then i allow spirit to sort of lead me to resolution because i think you know it's very hard sometimes to focus on uh the blessings and the good part of what's happening and we're always we just have that tendency i guess that the little me is a, is a good idea just as much as ego because it's the part of you that doesn't want your life to run smoothly it's the part of you that's always trying to trip you up and 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 force you to think that other people are re- are responsible for your life and and you aren't and then that's where we really get into a deep pit because until we acknowledge the fact that we are the powerful creators of our own life. We don't have the power to change it, or we we do have the power, but we don't recognize that we have the power. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: yeah. So I guess there's some people out there in our listening audience who don't really buy into the idea of the mirror theory, but nonetheless, even if they don't, that whole concept of what if is huge in all of our minds constantly so i think we we can proceed whether whether the listening audience agrees with that whole idea or not so let's try out a few of those Uh, one of those things about one of the ideas that i think is profound in here and 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 is is a fair constant for many of us is that idea that we think we have to be perfect so what if i think i have to be perfect what happens then
3: well, you reach for the impossible, <clears throat> because the only perfect thought there is is that we're all perfectly wonderful, however we are. And when you're focused on being perfect, then, then you're always going to be feeling that you're lacking what you need, because nobody can be perfect. And, and then you get down on yourself, and you don't have this, and you don't have that, and you know, I don't deserve and I don't deserve that, because I'm not good enough, or bold enough, or thin enough, or fat enough, or old enough, or young enough, or whatever, whatever enough you put in there, and it's like a constant frustration Um, And we are all energy, and energy um, cannot be destroyed or created. We just are constantly in a state of flux. So if we're in a constant state of flux, how could there ever be a state of perfection we're supposed to reach? As soon as we reached it, we would be reaching for something else. And so, so there is always, it is always an ongoing, we are always an ongoing project. And, uh, nobody, no, we're not supposed to be perfect. We're here to, to learn. We're not here to be perfect. We're here to expand our energy, uh, to go deeper within, to remember who we are, this beautiful energy. And I always, and when we're talking about the idea that not everybody might believe in, in the, uh, the mirror theory or the theory of, I I call it physics, that whatever you put out there, you attract back to you, I don't, I recommend to everybody, don't believe anything until you try it. Because That's you nice. have to prove this idea that works to yourself to believe that it works. And I think that should be true about every belief you embrace. You should prove it to yourself. Try it see what happens.
2: Absolutely, that's that's sort of a mantra of this show. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, uh, this is about your own individual journey, and not any any no one else has the answers for you. So, yeah, and so in our talk today, this whole idea about being perfect. One of the things that that I think about is not uh, that not only are we reaching for the impossible, but we're stressing the Dickens out of ourselves. Yes, yeah.
3: yes. I mean, it's it's uh, the idea that comes to me as you say that is that uh, we're here to go with the flow. I mean, not to... To to enjoy and appreciate whatever we have, because happiness doesn't come from finding something, finding something what we don't that we don't have. It comes from appreciating what we do have, and so it is about uh, remembering that that I don't know why we think we have to be perfect. Oh, I do know. It's because we think if we're perfect, we're going to have a happier life. That's what it is. If you're if you're searching for if you're only if you could only be perfect, you'd be happy, (laughs) or if you could only be perfect, you'd have what you need. But you already have what you need. The universe is already giving you what you need, and you already have what's important to your growth right with you right now. And so now is what counts and what's going on now. And because you can't create anything better from something that happens in the future, you can only create something better from what you have right now.
2: Yeah, we could talk about all, the, all those psycho-spiritual reasons why, people sort of identify with not good enough but the, the idea is that it's 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 a setup for failure in a, yes, in that sense yeah it
3: is yeah. and i don't care what you're doing in life well at least in, in my life i can say everything i've ever done was because i thought it was going to bring me love and uh, whatever thought i had or whatever i was going through i thought it was going to bring me love i wasn't right of course a lot of did a lot of things that didn't bring me love but that was my intention i thought it would bring me love and um Even when I got to moping and feeling sorry for myself, I thought that was bringing me love. Uh, It wasn't the kind of love I wanted, but my intention was that. And I think most people don't intentionally create uncomfortable lives for themselves. They do want to find love, and so they are trying to find it. And I always try to remember that whenever I'm talking about anything, that we're all trying to find love.
2: Yeah, and an interesting Uh, paradox there, too, as I hear it, is that when we are doing what we call feeling sorry for ourselves, there's some kind of compassion in there, and we are loving ourselves.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything is is helpful in one way or another when we're going through it. We just have to find how it is helpful.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so, you know, that whole what-if that you don't have necessarily a, a specific question like the one I'm about to ask in your book, but But I want to talk about it because I think it's uh, one of those that just keeps popping up in most of our heads. What if I can't fill in the blank? What if I can't whatever fill in the blank? What do we do if we can't do X, Y, or Z?
3: Well, I would take the premise in the first place and say, why are you focused on what you can't do? Why aren't you focused on what you can do? Because as soon as you're focused on what you can't do, you're in a negative position. place uh, of what you're not what what isn't good enough what isn't right what has to happen to make everything okay so but as soon as you focus on what you can do you're in a positive place where you can build on it what this is what i can do plus this is what i can do plus this is what i can do and whatever focus we take is like a snowball going down a hill it gains momentum and so if you're focused on what i what you can't do then that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and there's more and more and more that you can't do Mm-hmm. As soon as you take it the other way and focus on what you can do, it works the same way. It goes like a snowball, and all, you find more and more that you can do. I mean, I think, gee, I had the same experience right here with this book. You know, I, I, in the beginning, I was thinking, well, oh, my gosh, what am I gonna, how am I going to promote the book? But as I got to focus and said, well, let me just focus on what I can do, Everything sort of smoothed out for me, and uh, and my focus was in a positive way, what I can do, what I can do, not not what I can't do. You know, the universe will send me what I need, so I just need to accept what it's sending me and make the most of it and have fun doing it.
2: Yeah, and that's that old serenity prayer, isn't it, that, you know, help me to accept the things I cannot change, the wisdom to th- change the things I can and the. I- I'm getting it mixed up, but the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's that's how we get a little bit more serenity. So if we can't, then we can do something.
3: Yes, yeah, do what you yeah. can do, and stop worrying yeah. about what you can't do. And yeah. Everybody has cancer in their lives, and they and depending on how you handle it, it depends on how your mood and whether you're have an upbeat attitude or you have a downbeat attitude. And we do control how we focus and how we think. So we are the ones who decide the focus we're going to take, and that's really what a lot of my work is about. Is remembering. I mean, I used to think, Andrea, believe it or not, I used to think the thoughts came into my head, and there they were, and I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't get rid of them. They were stuck there, and they were there. And that So that was it for me. I was helpless to change them. But I've come to realize that that's not true at all, that we can refocus. We can say, do I want that idea in my head? And if I don't want it in my head, well what do I want to have in my head? And then I take the idea that I want to have in my head. It's like a habit you get into. We can get into the bad habit of of thinking we're helpless and we can't change our thoughts and our and our feelings about things, but we really can. And not so much the feelings but the thoughts because the feelings follow the thoughts.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, you said the words negative and positive, and, and in this show, I try—I I don't use those in the classic sense of the words, but I do think of them in terms of negative energies and positive energies. And when you get on the other side of zero, you're you're below the balance line, and you're you know you're sucking away on something. It's a vortex. Yeah. So when you're when you're talking about all the things that we uh, use energy on or don't use energy on, that does have that sort of vortex quality to it, so that we can just go down and down and down the spiral into a place where, where our thoughts are continually bombarding us with, uh, with depressing and
3: sad and awfulizing kind of energies. Right. I mean, we have to remember that we are this, that we are energy and that whatever we focus on is going to expand. That's a really important thought to remember because um, it is true. And if you, if you start finding all the things that are wrong in your life, then all of a sudden you find more and more and more and more things that are wrong. And if you do this, if you start finding what's right about your life and all of a sudden you find more and more and more of what's right. And when come people, some people sometimes they come back and back and back to me and say, "Well, I'm I'm depressed again." And I say, "Well, what are you focused on?" you know, and they're always focused on what's not right in their lives instead of what is right in their lives. And mm-hmm. I can say that till I, you know, till I'm blue in the face, but I can't do it for somebody else. You have to do that for yourself.
2: Yeah, and it's not it's it's more of a it's not so much a, a Pressure to do, in the sense that we have to push ourselves to repress what's called negative thoughts, but but more that we we move into life and in, in, in on life's terms instead of expecting life to always be what we want it to be.
3: Right, expectations so always get us in trouble. <laughs>
2: yes, yes, they do. <laughs>
3: they always yes. do. I mean, and I I just think that's uh, behind so much. Uh, uh, unhappiness the expectations like even if you if i say to you um you know you if you love others and love will come back and then somebody says well yes but it didn't come back where i thought it was supposed to come back it didn't come back from where i wanted it to come back well well that's the way it works you know you put it out there and then it comes back but it doesn't always come back from where you expect it's supposed to come back it comes back where the universe thinks you need it the most
2: yeah and i also see people sort of confusing love with duty and obligation so they do a whole lot of things for other people in the hopes the secret hope that somebody will pay get the, you know give them something and it's like they're sacrificing themselves and they never get the payback because other people are going well they'll take care of it let me just give it to them yeah, you know so
3: you have so. to you have the attitude that uh it's okay for people to take advantage of you there are a lot of people that will come into your life and take advantage of you
2: that's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, I love one of, your, uh, one of these here. You say, what if I make a mistake? And your answer is you can't. So let's talk about that for a minute. That's yeah. beautiful.
3: Well, we live in a perfectly balanced universe, What I believe we do anyway. And so uh, I don't think mistakes exist uh, in a world defined by growth because I think that's what's always happening. Uh, it's, and I define a mistake as an act without love because if I do that for myself, then I know how to correct any mistakes I make. And um, I I just think that everything that happens, there's a reason for it, and there's something to find about it that's beneficial or good or helpful in your growth. I I just think that um, we aren't here to always be making perfect moves and perfect decisions because that's how we grow and that's how we learn. I, 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 if I could, I'd take the word mistake out of the dictionary yeah, and just say that everything, that everything that is happening is somehow beneficial to you in one way or another. Because, uh, and And I think it's true for everybody, and I think that you can't really look at another person's life and say, oh, they made a terrible mistake, because you really don't know that. You don't know what they're here to do, why they came here, what their priorities are, what they're trying to learn, what they're trying to understand about themselves. So they're always... Moving in a direction that is helpful in one way or another, we only have to focus on our own lives and ask, "Are we behaving as we hope other people will behave with us?" Because the only mistake you can really make is to behave towards somebody else in a way that you don't want to receive, and and uh, that's that's how I so that's how I uh, define a mistake as behaving somehow in a way that you wouldn't want someone behaving with you. It would be uncomfortable to receive a person who, and it, who did that. And when I was first started writing, when I started doing, doing this writing, I was doing a, sending a lot of letters to people telling them what I was doing. And um, I started asking myself, wait a minute, is this a letter I'd want to receive? <laughs> and a lot of times it wasn't, Andrea, and so I didn't send it. Uh, because I knew that I was creating some sort of uncomfortable situation for somebody else if they received this letter. And so this has become my sort of my mantra of living, to make sure that before I do something, I ask myself if I would want to receive that gesture.
2: Yeah, it's more of a conscious, just a conscious um, intention, isn't it, to to just really tune in to what you're up to.
3: Yes, and it's not always that sometimes that little ego voice Sneaks in when you're not looking, <laughs> and so then you have to stop and say, "Wait a minute, um, am I on track here, or am I uh, am I am I inviting a little discomfort back into my life?"
2: hmm Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, so, in the sense of living authentically, then it would mean that. Well, okay. So if I make a mistake. Uh, and, and, but I can't really make a mistake because everything's working for good, then I can just kind of circle back around into that thinking that says, okay, well, this was something that perhaps I didn't want to do, but what can I gain from this experience? Is that right, kind of what exactly. you're saying? What yeah. did I
3: learn from this experience? Uh, everything everything can be looked at that way. Um, even the worst things that happen to us can be looked at Because I believe that the soul in us is wise, um, and it is um, not bringing into our life things that are meaningless to our journey or meaningless to our growth. Uh, so something, if something does happen, whatever it is, in some way our soul believes it is wise, and the part of us that is, of, of, is love is, thinks it is wise, and I don't care what name you give it to it. Um, it's just, just that uh, it makes it easier for me if I say my soul because I, uh, it explains it for me. But I, I think it really is about accepting that what is, you know, we can't control everything that happens, and so when things do happen uh, that uh, seem uncomfortable or hard to get through, uh, it's really about how we deal with it. Because uh, life is always about instead of what happens, but how we're dealing with what happens. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to be back
2: in just a few minutes to talk with Betsy Thompson, just some more about what happens if. Stay tuned. Music
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave.
4: Healing from the Heart is the show that focuses on freeing the heart by releasing the hidden energies that keep it from doing what the heart was created to do, give and receive love. Every week, your host, Chris Chambers, an energetic healing practitioner, will explore different aspects of his work, interview leading healers, respond to listeners' questions, and even do some live sessions on air. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific, for Healing from the Heart on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The
0: Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll free 1 866 472 5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well... Theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following. Holistic Theology, offering as terminal degrees both a ThD and a Ph.D., holistic ministries, holistic health and spiritual care, metaphysical spirituality, and alternate spiritual traditions, which includes in-depth studies of the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. AIHT is a real educational program where you will get a real learning experience in a broad spectrum of educational endeavors, utilizing, as your text-writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world. And right now, AIHT is running a special in which if you enroll before July the 31st, you get $400 tuition reduction, a reduced down payment of $250. And all books are always included in AIHT tuition, so that's a real deal. But the biggest deal is that facilitating your dream is AIHT's mission. All you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact admissions director, Beverly Love, at 800-650-4325. Again, if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport for freedom. Call and get your passport today. So we're here today talking with Betsy Thompson about her book, What Happens If I, and she's a uh, turned around and faced the person chasing her in her dreams, I guess, and and uh, discovered these uh, ways of sort of really looking the what-ifs in the eye and being able to come up with some answers that make some real good sense. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about one of these here that, that I thought was really good, and that is what if I sort of get in the wrong crowd? What what happens with that?
3: Yeah, you know, what happens if I seek inappropriate company? Um, yeah. Well, um, I don't think you can choose an appropriate company, even if you try to. You can only doubt that your company is appropriate because I don't believe incompatible energies can mix uh, like oil and water. They don't mix together. And I think it's the same thing with our energy. I believe that uh, we attract people to us who in some way are reflecting us in in one way or another. And um, when we judge other people and whether they're living with who they're whether they have appropriate company, uh, we're really saying that um, somehow uh, we can judge whether somebody else should be with somebody older or younger or somebody else should be with somebody of a different race or a different religion or a different nationality. And um, why are these choices wrong? I mean, why do we call these choices wrong? Uh, we don't know what's wrong or right for other people, just like other people don't know what is wrong or right for us. And so we, we just put ourselves in a situation of being uncomfortable when there's no need to. You just If you want to trust that your own life is on track, you need to trust that other people's lives are on track because that's what you have in your head when, you're, when, when you uh, do one or the other. It's uh, do I want to trust that my life is on track, that I have the people I need in my life, or do I want to be always doubting and worrying that I'm not finding the people I need to find? Uh, so... It all works together whether you like it or not. In other words, if you are judging other people and what's appropriate for them, then you're going to judge yourself according to what's appropriate for you and always be second-guessing yourself, second-guessing the people who are with you. I believe everybody who is with me has something to teach me about myself where they wouldn't be there
2: yeah I can't dispute that at all, but I am going to play devil's advocate with your devil devil's advocate here for a second okay uh, because I think our listening audience is going to do that, and I want to help them with this um, you know uh, I've known of people where uh, they had i've actually heard some situations where people said that they were taught to see the God in everyone, and so in the process, they uh, saw the God and didn't see the the harm that that person was trying to do to them. And so they ended up getting in a mess that had they been able to just see what was going on, they would have not done it. So um, are you saying that by uh, the fact that there is no inappropriate company, are you saying that people shouldn't have boundaries?
3: I'm saying that you attract energy to you that has something to teach you about yourself. Yep. yep. That's what I'm saying. And... um I think if you ignore that idea, that you, then you're ignoring the growth that is, that is timely for you and it's not going to go away just because you refuse to, uh, to deal with it. Uh, you, you know, when I, somebody said to me that they had a person in their life that was taking advantage of them, wasn't being kind to them, wasn't, uh, wasn't being a nice person, uh, but they hadn't done anything to that person. And I said, well, how do you treat yourself?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not treating yourself in a kind way... The fact that you even allow a person to be in your life who is abusive means that you are abusing yourself.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's.
3: Yeah. And and absolutely,
2: you can learn from every experience that you have with every encounter with anybody, regardless of their character or their intentions. Uh, but uh, and so we can see shadow parts of ourselves by looking in that mirror. Um, we can also uh, begin to make choices. To, to, take, to take care of ourselves as a result of having looked in that mirror. So you're not saying just pretend that they're all nice. What you're yeah. really saying is let's look at the reality here and see what you can get from it.
3: Right. What, have I, what do I have to learn from, because this person's in my life? What do I have to learn about myself because, uh, because this person is here for me to deal with?
2: Right, right. Okay, good. So I wanted to cover that because I I, know, I get that question quite a bit, and 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 I really am somebody who doesn't want to perpetuate illusions on any any in any arena. So, yeah, thank you for yeah, answering and, yeah, that.
3: Yeah, and also you know this is I'm not sure that it's always about finding the love in somebody else. It's about finding where this person is helping you love yourself better. Yeah, <laughs> very well put. Everything comes life creates from the inside out, not the outside in.
2: Right. Very well put. That's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, that's perfect. So, uh, I, I liked your answer to what, what if I sit around and do nothing? And your answer was <laughs> you rest while thinking. I want to talk about that one. That's interesting.
3: Yes, well, you know, we have such uh, expectations again comes up for this idea because we you know, expect us ourselves to produce here and produce there and produce this and produce that, and somehow if we're not doing that, we're we're sitting around doing nothing, and that's supposedly a bad thing. Uh, but I, I think that. Um, if you're happy, you know, what's the goal in your life, first of all, and is it to be a happy, content, and productive person uh, who feels good about her life? Um, then sitting around doing nothing sometimes is the perfect solution. I think that we have to get away from the judgment that, uh, this is the right behavior, and this is the wrong behavior, because that changes in five minutes. What was right five minutes ago could be wrong, you know, in ten minutes, and right again in fifteen minutes. Uh, so we're so, start being so hard on ourselves. Uh, if you feel like sitting around and doing nothing, then why not? I mean, I have this uh, this um, this theory that I have about idleness. Uh, I don't know if your listeners would share it, but I I believe that uh, we're created from the idea of idleness and we think about what it is that we need to learn and what it is we want to do. I mean, I don't think when we're out of body, it's so different from when we're in body. And when we're in body, we're, we're thinking about, we spend a lot of time thinking about people we love or things that we would like to do eventually or the plans that we might like to make for the future. And so I think that's what we're doing before we get here, and that's been done in, in, in what we would describe as idleness. And so I think it's uh, all this judgment about sometimes even just semantics about what means, what does it mean to sit around and do nothing. Well, sometimes it can be very productive.
2: Yeah, so, so you're kind of responding to that idea of doing versus being, is that right?
3: Doing versus being. Yeah, uh, the whole. Yeah,
2: okay. So, well, maybe you're not. But uh, in other you, words, you don't have to be doing
3: something every minute. You can just, speak, to be, you can just yeah, be. To be. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that could be actually when you're doing nothing. So supposedly doing nothing, you might be um, gestating some idea for the next book, right? Right.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So you could be. Yeah. You know, and that could be a fantastic thing in your life. So, uh, I I just think that. Um, this idea for this chapter came from the idea that somehow it was wrong to sit around and do nothing. Mm, and uh, okay. I, wanted, I wanted to get away from that idea and I wanted the spirit to help me get through the idea that anything is, can be productive if it is, if, you are, if you are enjoying yourself and if it uh, feels good to you. And, um, and when we were talking a minute ago, I just wanted to go back one second to this when we were talking about inappropriate company. Um, the idea that... Um, um, Oh, that's lot. I lost my head again, so I shouldn't have gone back there. I that's okay. The thought. <laughs> if it comes
2: back, if it comes back, just let us know. We'll, okay. we'll go there again. Okay. okay. Yes.
3: That's fine. Um,
2: so yeah, that 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 idea of the nothing. Um, I, I'm thinking of uh, the uh, the biblical statement that says, "Be still and know that I am God." That stillness is what so many of our uh, sort of gurus are out there teaching about right now. That stillness is is a place of what we would call doing nothing, but
3: right, yes, and, and I, one of the most one of my favorite things to do is to meditate and and i I feel that it centers me in, and gets me uh, gets me right where I need to be in the middle of supposed chaos. and um, I, I think it's one of the most wonderful things you can do for yourself. And yeah, it looks like nothing's happening, but there's plenty that's happening.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and it's not. You're it's, it's almost as if it's effortlessly coming in. I, I think of it as sort of a time of downloading. We're getting downloaded um, e- emotions and information and all kinds of things. I don't even want. Can't I always wrap words around from that. From that that time we spend in stillness. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
3: yeah. Actually, I I healed a. Uh, a tumor in my back from, from meditation.
2: And, oh, wonderful.
3: Yeah, figuring out. Um, in the meditation, I was releasing all the uh, grudges and resentments I had because the first thing I did when I had the, the, uh, the lump was to go to the doctor. and She said it was there, and she sent me in for an MRI, or she set up an MRI for me, and I have a lot of cancer in my family, so it was a little scary. So, But I went home, and the first thing I did was look in Louise Hay's book for what... Um, causes uh, lumps and it's grudges and resentments and so uh-huh. i spent a meditation uh, releasing all the grudges and resentments that i had that had been building up for about three months about a certain thing and during the meditation this stream of creamy light came up through my whole body and just was the most wonderful feeling i've ever had in my life and i went in for the next to the next day and and, the, and it was gone that it wasn't on the mri
2: hmm. it's beautiful
3: so Beautiful. Medicine, you know, idleness can be very productive. And so, <laughs> if you know, if you're doing something that you love and you believe in and that you feel is going to make you better and heal you.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that 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 goes along really well with some of the things that we say about the law of attraction, that we need to be thinking positive and changing our thoughts and always, you know, doing that. That's There's a lot of doing and a lot of work that comes with that, whereas if we can just rest in the stillness, we don't have to worry about all that stuff. <laughs> yeah.
3: And all these all these ideas came uh, from being in stillness for me because when I write, I go into a something of a meditation.
2: Mm-hmm. And um,
3: so all this came out of that, which which to me is not is not anything close to nothing.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole lot of something. That's uh, yeah. that's reminds me of Lao Tzu. Uh, you know, he was the father of Taoism. He said, uh, because of the part where nothing is, we have the use of a wheel.
3: Ah, yes, I love that.
2: Yeah, yeah so it's that idea that it's effortless effort that sort of, it, it produces its own and we don't have to push the river.
3: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I love
2: that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story about your healing. I'm so glad that healed for you as well. Yeah,
3: that's exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we have just a few minutes before the break, but I wanted to uh start at least to bring up another one and that whole idea of struggle goes along with what you were saying as well about doing nothing you can't you said "What if i can 't live without struggle and uh, I wanted you to just begin at least to start talking about that
3: well, I think that um If you interpret your life through struggle, you live in pain. And if you you interpret your life through ease, you live in gain. Because either way, cursing your path or blessing your path, you still progress and you still create. So you choose how you're going to do it. (laughs) You choose if you're going to be struggling or if you're not going to be struggling. Uh, And I think that um, it's hard to say struggle is... um, I learned more things when I was struggling than I ever learned any other time in my life andrea uh, when uh-huh. I thought I was struggling when I thought life was difficult, when I thought i wasn 't sure I was going to survive um, it, it took me to a place inside of myself that said it 's either sink or swim and it 's up to you uh-huh. and that was a very profound place to be uh, I, I had i couldn't I had been blaming everybody else before that, and when I got to that point where There was no one left to blame, and only myself, I had gotten myself exactly where I was. I had made the decisions, nobody else had made them, that had gotten me almost homeless, and that I had to either take responsibility for that, or I'd probably be out of here. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it comes down to that whole idea that even though there's a struggle, there's really some ease behind it that says, okay, here's a message for you. If you just kind of can get into that, then you can... Can be in that again, yeah. So that that struggle there's a there's a gift in struggle. There's a gift in suffering. There's a gift in everything, basically. There's a
3: gift in everything, yeah. Yep. And so, I think sometimes that um, the the struggle makes the lesson more vivid because <laughs> things oh, yeah. things can get rather dramatic. And uh, I think those are the times when we when we really leap ahead. At least yeah. it was for me.
2: It is, yes. All right, well, we're going to be back in just a few more minutes with more from Betsy Thompson. Stay tuned.
0: This is the Voice
4: America 7th Wave Channel. Are you living your happy life? Are you looking for something more fulfilling? Tune in every week for Living the Shift, our evolution of mind, body, and spirit, with your host, Angela Coulter. The worldwide economy has changed the way that we view and live a traditional happy life. The spiritual and metaphysical world does provide some guidelines, but many of us have no real understanding of these and what they can do. Listen live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. If
0: you are looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, you'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are thresholds to awakening enter your darkness to find your light where sway speaks with spiritual luminaries cutting-edge thought leaders and experts in the field of transformation listen live every wednesday at 3 p.m pacific time 6 p.m eastern on the voice america 7th wave channel explore subconscious programs belief systems and past life memories that may be sabotaging your life Join host Dorian Light on her show, All About You, as she helps you to shift change and heal your life. Each week, Dorian does a light session using psychic energetics and the language of light to energetically shift and clear negative patterns you have stored regarding that week's topics. Step into the realm of infinite possibilities for your life. All About You airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: and we're back today talking to Betsy Thompson about her book What Happens If I and uh, I want to tell you guys that we uh you know that Harpo has chosen the Authentic Living Show as the exclusive presenter of some of the clips from the Super Soul Sunday series that Oprah does and she's now in the Encore presentation section of that and so we don't have a clip today but I do want to tell you about the show um, coming up July 14th 11 o'clock Eastern and Pacific this is uh, an Encore presentation with Oprah and Gary Zukoff as he's discussing his New York Times best-selling book The Seat of the Soul which mo- a lot of you already know about. It's an older book but he's going to talk about it with some of the questions and answers that have to do with life's deepest issues you. So, and, and Oprah's Oprah going to also share the principle that guides her own life with regard to the seat of the soul. So, you don't want to miss that. And uh, there's some life classes coming up that we're also going to be announcing at eight, cent, uh, nine and 8 central time on sunday night as well we're going to be talking about those live classes coming up as well and may have some clips for those as well so uh tune in next week we'll be, have some more information with for you on that and uh so you yeah, know we're talking to betsy thompson today as i said and we're talking about her book what happens if i and uh um i one of the things, well, I wanted to come back to what you said uh, during the break. You remembered what you were thinking about earlier, and I wanted to come back to that a little bit because I think it's important what you said about paying attention to your gut. Can right. you say that again for the listening yeah, audience? Yeah,
3: when you uh, are worried about inappropriate company, uh, trust your gut. Uh, it, it is, you know, before you can uh, love others, you have to love yourself. And part of loving yourself is trusting your gut feeling about something and not just doing something because somebody else has told you to do it. Uh, Just ask yourself, how does this feel? How does this person feel to me? Do I feel good about associating myself with this person? Forget about finding what's good about them. Find the love in yourself first and treat yourself well. Be good to yourself. Trust what you feel inside because the feeling inside is the God within you speaking to you. And if the God within you is speaking to you is saying this person isn't a healthy person for you to face or deal with, trust it.
2: Very good, yes, yeah, because that puts you in touch with the deepest you, and the deepest you is the same as the Divine Self, so, Yeah. yeah, that's your God, yes, indeed. All right, so I wanted to talk about, you You ask a really, really difficult question in this book as well, and, and I think we need to talk about it. I've, men, I've mentioned this on the show recently as well, and I think I'm not afraid to talk about these darker subjects, and I think we need they need to be talked about. Um, so your question was, what if I commit suicide? Yeah. And what was your answer there?
3: Well, I, I believe that we come here uh, to the human plane from a conscious decision, And whether we leave by one or not is up to us. I mean, suicide is certainly one one way of of leaving. But I don't believe that we find any answers from committing suicide that we wouldn't find from staying here because I believe that wherever we are, the answers exist. And so it doesn't matter. You want to leave here, you'll leave. I don't think if you're determined to leave that anybody can convince you you shouldn't leave unless... They, unless you convince them that it's going to be the same deal when they when they commit suicide that it was here, because uh, when you leave the, the human plane, you take your emotions with you. So if you're in an emotional state here that you can't deal with, why is it going to be any different when you commit suicide? If you're still going to take your emotional problems with you. Granted, I'm sure you'll get a wonderful welcome and everybody loves surrounding you everywhere, but the, the issue that you had to deal with here will still exist. And so since you put a lot of energy into getting here why not deal with the issue while you're here Uh, i i don't think there's any god in heaven saying you made a mistake you shouldn't have done that or judging you for committing suicide but i do think that it will that you'll realize as soon as you left that nothing nothing was solved there were no problems that were solved from from taking that step and uh that's really what you want to do you want to resolve the issues and uh, so that's not, a, that's not a decision that will help you do that. I mean, it will just give you another chance to come back and start again and try to resolve it again. So as long as you're here, why not stay here and deal with it? Yeah. I, I actually had somebody come to me one time, Andrea, and say they were going to commit suicide. And I said, well, you know, nothing I say can stop you if you're determined to do it, but here's the deal. If, you, if you're having these emotional problems and you can't deal with them, They're not going to go away simply because you leave the human plane because this is just an illusion we're living in here. The the emotions, that's the real life in you, the emotions and what's going on with you. And that's going to persist until you'll probably just come back again to try to deal with it again. So why not try to deal with it now? And he he didn't commit suicide. And I think that that's a um, a valid point because once you realize that it isn't going to end the deal, it's going to just prolong it. So yeah. I don't have any judgment about it. I mean, the people want to do it. I don't think there's any judgment from God or heaven or anything like that around it at all yeah
2: yeah and i and i and i I like what you've said there because what it does is, is it says that that resolution is is the evolution that we're in the process of making toward closer and closer identification with who we actually are uh, so that whole idea is is um. It takes the shame out of it. It allows the person to make their decision and and take the consequences. So um, I think that's really a a very clear and concise way of thinking about that. And, you know, I've heard recently uh, a seminar, the the new kind of, uh, I don't want to say politically correct, but Kind of politically correct um, way of speaking about suicide is they don't commit suicide, they complete suicide. Because uh, many people, particularly in the mental health field, are saying now that suicide is not really a choice we make. I disagree with that. I think it, and I am in the mental health field, but I disagree with that because I think we make. And uh, maybe it's an unconscious choice based in shame or just trying to escape pain or all kinds of things. But I do think it is still a choice, and Absolutely. many of our choices Absolutely. are. We are we
3: are totally autonomous beings, even if medicine tries to tell you that's not so. Mm-hmm. We are autonomous beings. We decide when to eat, when to sleep, when to uh, when to cry, when to be happy. We decide everything in our lives, and uh, that's just one more decision that we we do decide. Uh, we can decide to, to, to stick it out. I mean, I'm sure there are lo- loads of people who've been ready to commit suicide, and then all of a sudden they said, "Wait a minute, I want to try a little harder." So, um, but it's a, it isn't a choice to be judged, and it isn't a choice to feel. I mean, if you, if someone in your family commits suicide, it isn't. It's like this is. You have to keep in mind that this is like a little blip in time that we that we're here, and you're going to join them again uh, eventually. And you'll talk about it, and you'll discuss it, and and they'll be fine, uh, and you'll be fine, and um, and so and it would and I'm sure it will cause cause you pain. But there's always something to learn about it from your, for yourself. There's always. I don't mean to sound glib about it, but I do believe that no matter what happens, if it's the same principle applies to it, that there's always something that you can learn from it or understand about it that is helpful to your journey too, or you wouldn't be in that family to begin with.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's something that there's a gift in that too. Yeah. Yep. Yes, and that's one of the things that I, I very often, as a therapist, deal with people who have, our family members of people who've committed suicide. And so if we say to that, Family member, oh, well, they didn't have a choice. What does that leave the family member thinking? Yeah. You know, that they were somehow responsible and should have taken care of it better, and that's yeah. not true. No. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, uh, what about this one? I like this one, too. What if I can't stay monogamous? Oh, my gosh. Uh.
3: <laughs> 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 well, then you miss what monogamy offers. Um, yeah. If you're not monogamous, you're, uh, you're polygamous. It's pretty much an either, an either or unless you abstain. Uh, and I don't think it's any better or worse. I, I don't want to put any judgment on it because I really do believe that it's it just is. It just is one choice, and every choice has its reward and its limitations. And and uh, if you're confused about the reward from a choice you've made, it's probably because you don't like the mirror you've created of somebody else doing exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that that's what happens. You you if you put it out if you put it out there that you think it's fine to be polygamous, um, then you're going to attract people who have the same feeling that you do, that they, yeah. believe, they believe the same thing. So if you're happy with that, fine. You know, I don't think that uh, we only get in trouble when, we are always, when we're judging what, what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. Here's the deal that I think, Andrea. I think the universe thinks everything that we do is love. Therefore, it interprets whatever we're expressing out towards other people as my, well, whatever I'm expressing out towards other people is my interpretation of love. So I, yeah. I put the universe, like, right in front of me and the universe is saying to me, "Oh, well, Betsy thinks that um, love is polygamy, so let's just send her lots of that back." <laughs> so yeah. I think I think that's how it works. So we we always think we think that uh, that everything works the way we do, which is this awful judgment we have about everything. But it isn't that way. The universe says, "Just show me your way. Show me what you consider love, so I can send it back to you."
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you follow that in the very next chapter with, what if I think I have to find the perfect mate? Because isn't that sometimes why we can't be monogamous is because we think we have to find the perfect mate?
3: Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and and it, it, if you if we think we have to find the perfect mate and we never do find the perfect mate, then what does that tell us about the pesky voice who keeps telling us to look and look and look and look and look for the pesky voice? That's that, uh, whatever you want to call that voice inside the ego or the part of you that doesn't want your life to be happy that is always telling you you don't have what you should have. You don't have what's, uh, what's important in your life. And so, therefore, you look for another person to try to prove to you that that, it's, that, that, that person is the one who can give you the love you need. And as long as you do that, there will always be another person you're looking for and another person you're looking for because the perfect love you're looking for is within you. And as soon as you find and believe that you are perfectly fine the way you are, then you're going to attract people into your life who feel that they're perfectly fine the way they are. And then it will be two perfectly happy people together.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the question I get asked so many times, and and it usually happens after somebody's come to see me after a breakup, is what if I never find anybody?
3: Well, you know, if you don't ever find anybody, then it means you're here not to find anybody. It means that you have a different path this time. Yeah, Uh and that... And, and, and that's fine. You just have to find what's good about it. I mean, I've been single for a long time, and I've been, and I and I realized, as this has happened, that if uh, if I had somebody in my life, I wouldn't have been able to devote all the time that I needed to devote to what I'm doing. And I'm very happy devoting that time. And so it, it is. It is a gift. That, again, as you said, everything that happens is a gift. So if there is no one in your life, and there's a reason for that, there's there's then you need to find the good about it because that's what it's that's why it's happening and if you are constantly complaining about it or moaning and groaning about it or interpret it as a struggle then that's the way it's going to feel if you see it as a gift and you're going to find what's good about it then that's the way it's going to feel
2: yeah and i also add to that that it that if we really truly have a soul desire for someone we will meet that person
3: if you are supposed to you will absolutely I, i i totally agree with that 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 we find everybody, I, I believe that we find everybody that we decided beforehand we were going to find on this journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, just don't have, I don't see how it could be a mistake made there. Because I think that we know before we get here exactly what we need to live, who we need to find, why we need to find them, what we need to share together and why. And so therefore our soul is always keeping us on track and we're always finding who we need to find.
2: Yeah, I heard somebody say the other day that they thought we stood in line just uh, waiting to get the very thing that would, the very struggle, the very suffering that would help get us to another another, uh, insightful place. Yeah, that's
3: that's my chapter about what happens if I use my sob story to manipulate. And uh, and I think that's very true that we decide exactly what sob story we're going to come here to live because we believe that it's the one that's going to break us free. And it certainly worked that way for me, so I, I truly believe it. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, too. you listening out there? If you want to know what your sob story is, it's wherever you feel that life is tragic, overwhelming, or unfair. It's wherever you can't understand what is with you or why. It's wherever you can't find answers that make any sense. It's wherever you believe that others are responsible for your pain. This is the sob story, and this is yeah. you manipulated in your very deepest divine powers because you knew this was where where release could be found.
2: Wonderful. That was beautiful. So, okay, we just have just a few minutes, just a minute actually before we have to go. So I wanted to get you to tell us uh, how we might be able to connect with you, where and how. And uh, so if well, you'll can, do that for just a minute.
3: You can go to www.betsytompson.com uh, and all my books are on my website. Or you can go to um, Amazon and put in books by Betsy Otter Thompson and they all come up. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm connected on LinkedIn. And I'm on YouTube. And I'm on Goodreads.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, all right then. Uh, We're going to be... closing out now and so we have to say goodbye to Betsy Thompson but next week we're going to be talking about this idea Uh, Descartes once upon a time said I think therefore I am we're going to talk about I think therefore I am not so you want to be here for that and remember your job should you choose to accept it is to give birth to yourself